At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, we're fired up. We've got the congressional hearing today on the GameStop saga, so I am fired up for that. It's going to be fun. That starts at noon Eastern time, but we got some stuff to talk about until then. Earnings on our radar, rotation on our radar, vaccine rollout on our radar, a lot of things to discuss. Our guest today, uh, Mark Chaikin, will, will join us at 8.15. And uh, Buck Andrews will join us at 8.35. Buck is, of course, <coughs> the founder. You okay there, Dennis? Um, <laughs> Buck is the founder or co-founder of Inform. Today's show is also sponsored by Inform. I'm putting the link up on the screen to check out that site, inform.info, I-N-4-M.info. Uh, Joel, bring up those charts and tell us how we're doing here in the overnight session. All right. Good morning, uh, traders and investors around the world. Um, it's kind of a weird day. There's a lot of things going on, uh, but we're still basically in a trading range here for the S&P. We had three closes right in the same area. Uh, got a little bit above that. So I'm looking at 39.30 on the upside. It's around those closes. And on the downside, I mean, until we take out Friday's low at uh, 39.90 and a half I, or 38.90 and a half, I I don't know. I don't think the market's going down. Uh, crude up 41 cents at 61.57. Gold just trying to hold the bottom of this major trading range. That's up 10.40 at 17.83.20. That's the gold market. Uh, silver going opposite ways. If you're doing uh, spreads on that thing, man, you better rewrite your spread book because silver is going the opposite way. That's down four and a half cents at 27.27. And uh, Bitcoin, we're hanging up here in the 50,000 handle. Got the 53 and change a little bit earlier. Now down a thousand bucks at uh, 51.675. Triple D, you've been uh, observing the markets, the after hours, and also the pre market. And yeah. it's just. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't describe the feeling. It's like we're we're just kind of churning and can't really go up or go down. What from the order flow from what you're seeing out uh, there? 
What's your take on this one? Well, we were up last night, and we were yeah, up we substantially. Were. Not the S&Ps being up 6 or 7, but there were stocks getting bit all over the place, and they pulled the rug out from underneath them overnight. So I go to bed looking like we're going to have a bullish day. I wake up, and it's a significant <laughs> bearish day. And again, same story. These mega caps, um, you know, not performing. Tesla gets a nice bounce back day yesterday. Amazon gets a nice bounce back yesterday. They're both weak today. So you're seeing, you know, not sustained rallies in some of the bigger names. The smaller names have been what is carrying us. Although yesterday, you know, IWM had a couple weak days. It did close well. Um, you know, obviously we sold off early and we closed fairly strong. So it makes you think, okay, well, maybe we're going to get this next leg higher here again. But this morning, a little rug pull. But, you know, to be determined, I mean, we're, we're, we're definitely not, you know, down 13 handles in the S&P isn't, you know, significant whatsoever. Nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. So we're hanging out. we got a big battle between the bulls and the bears. And, you know, it's more of the same. I mean, Walmart puts a little damper in the market here. But, again, you look at Walmart and you think, okay, is this the kind of stock I want to own if I'm, you know, trying to make 10% a day, which a lot of these other stocks have been going. It's not. Nope. So, I mean, so let's go and let's start right with the Walmart earnings because it's the one report, uh, the big report that everybody's talking about this morning. It is getting hit here on a sell-off. But I think they were going to find a reason to sell us no matter what. Well, here are the numbers. Adjusted EPS, $1.39 versus $1.50 estimate. So they missed their EPS number. Sales did beat $152.1 versus $148.4 billion. So mixed uh, report on the headline Q4 numbers. Comps up 8.6%. That wow. was better than the 5.8% estimate. What other numbers did I see? E-commerce sales up 69%. They're also raising their quarterly dividend by a penny from 54 cents a share to 55 cents a share. And they're also reporting a $20 billion buyback. I am seeing some commentary about weak operation sales in uh, in international markets, specifically the UK and Japan. I don't know too much about that. I'll just stick with with the the overall numbers there. But e-commerce sales good. Comps good. Buyback, dividend raise. I mean, lots of good things. Sad they're concerned about this, you know, bottom line. They lost some money on this asset sale or something. But again, it's the kind of stock that had a nice little rally into the reports. It was a nice setup for the shorts. And um, I just think this is the kind of stock that people aren't interested in right now. 1.5% Walmart. I mean, is that a sexy story? Is that like lithium? Is that EV? (laughs) Is that pot? (laughs) Is that crypto? It's none of those things. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Again, this nope. market wants that sexy story, and that's why they're selling these stocks, and they're having a reason. So if you're coming in you know, and buying good companies on good fundamentals, you may eventually be rewarded for that. Like buying Walmart 140, maybe you'll eventually be rewarded for that right now. This is the kind of market they're selling these stocks. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the 15 minute and the 60 minute, and obviously there there's a a buyer right now just under 140. You have a bunch of lows, and this is just going over the last couple hours, just under 140, 139.71. But I see a spike here. Was that like a an off exchange print or something like that, Dennis? This didn't go back Man. up to what? I don't know. My 15 minute uh, chart. Oh, that's so right. At eight, yeah, at yeah, eight yeah, o'clock, yeah. there's always off-exchange prints that are hitting the tape. So, yep. okay, good lesson, though. If you're seeing some crazy spikes in your charts at 8 a.m. or even 7 a.m. 7 a.m. is when Great. Edge opens. Those sometimes are actually real pre-market trades. 8 a.m. is when a lot of times trades from the previous day 
are hitting. I don't know why they hit at that time. I don't know the background behind it, but sometimes they post these off-exchange trades at the close, so it's closing crosses. For whatever reason, some of them post at 8 a.m., and they'll throw out your chart if your charting service is looking at FINRA, which is off-exchange, and you know some of these off-exchange trades are relevant to the market, but some of them are late reports. So that, I, I would assume probably, and I don't know if Walmart spiked up there or not because I didn't go look at the tape, but I would assume if you saw a big spike right at 8 a.m., it might have just been an off-exchange trade. I should have known that. I should have known that. Okay. Uh, so, but no, thank everything. you. No, no, I mean, it, the timing of it. Uh, all right, and on the dailies here, you got a low at 139.19. I mean, does it find a home in here, 139, 140 today in rally? It very well could. Uh, this is a – I haven't seen – what's the last time we saw a six, seven-point down move in Walmart? Was It, it had to be during the uh, – during the financial, you know, during the March meltdown. So I'm not shortening in the hole here. Uh, 139.140 looks like a buy area if I had some puts or, you know, was trying to cover short. That's for today. But definitely gonna, you're going to get a rally here in some time. Uh, I just don't think you're going to get back to yesterday's low at 144.50. That's that's technical look at this one. I, I'd be a seller rally short term just because, again, until the speculative. Out of favor. It is. Until the speculative bubble bursts, and we do have a speculative bubble in small caps. People are just buying small caps. They're buying, you know, whatever companies, you know, dollar, two dollars, five dollars. Until everybody gets burned there, these stocks remain out of favor, in my opinion. So, you know, and I'm playing, you know, the small stuff, too. And, you know, from a trading perspective... Not buying Walmart on the dips. I'm buying, you know, these other speculative companies. Some of them, some not necessarily, but you know, you're you're buying more smaller caps, mid cap names, stocks that you know have underperformed for a lot of years. It's their time right now. Again, this can all change on a dime. And you know, yesterday we saw a little bit of a change, a little bit of hope in Amazon, a little bit of a bounce back in Tesla. But you know, today more of the same. They're just selling those stocks. So guilty until proven innocent for Walmart. Um, and also, I don't want to go into a whole like pandemic uh, discussion here, but Walmart had a hell of a year, right? And a lot of it was because of the pandemic. People were loading up on stuff, yeah. and uh, you know, and they're talking about selling this Japanese operation, everything. I just think they just knocked it out of the park, you know, last year because of the circumstances. Now we don't know what's going to happen moving forward. But, you know, they just they were just pumping out, you know, uh, people are ordering online and maybe they just don't expect that to continue. But uh, uh, was well, it as good as it gets? I mean, you talk that's about FedEx, thinking. you're talking UPS, yeah. they had good, decent reports and they sold them off. Is this as good as it gets? You know, they looked uh, Amazon, the same thing. The Amazon report was fabulous. Yeah. It was way up and they sold it off because they're looking at the market and saying, OK, going forward. We're coming out of lockdown, we hope, unless the South African strain has something to say about that. But it looks like, you know, we're, we're looking, trying to look, markets trying to look past COVID. And they're saying a lot of these stocks is maybe, these are the quarters as good as it gets. So. Maybe that's the case. So, so, so like does, that, that does that mean that you're buying the dip <laughs> on like these Bitcoin stocks? And we'll talk about this more with, uh, with Block 835, no. but no. like SOS <laughs> this morning. No. 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 That's what you said. You said the speculative names. You, you, yeah, you well, that's super speculative. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to use that. Uh, a few of these I do trade. Okay. You know, I've been down and dirty in that MFH one, um, and I've still got a little piece of it. I picked up that one. I think I talked about it a few days ago. I picked up that one around four, four and a half bucks. It exploded yesterday. I sold half of it yesterday. 
Um, I don't know how the hell you even get out of these things when they go like that. I'm up in, in a week. I'm up like 150% or something stupid in it. Um, you know, these, these are, you know, some of these smaller names. I, I don't like buying them once they've, they're gone. Like, I like chasing something that's, you know, all, all of a sudden, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's up 100% in a week because I can't control the risk. You know, when you're looking at this thing back at four, four fifty, and some people were saying, you know, this was on Twitter. People were talking about this as being a potential, you know, crypto play. Um, I didn't do hardly any research on it. I was like, well, chart looks okay, and they're talking about it as a crypto play, a Bitcoin play, blockchain play, whatever. So, you know, I nibbled. So I did nibble in that one, but this is like such small little amounts of speculative capital. This is not my bread and butter. You guys know I'm a mega cap trader. You know, I'm more like inclined on shorting. Like, you know, the trade has been, you know, one of my buddies at Bright Trades was saying, it's been the trade has been to be short Amazon every night. You know, for the last week and a half. Yesterday, that trade didn't work out as well. But it's really been the play is that market's going to be up and Amazon's not going to be up. So, you know, shorting, you know, if you're doing hedge trading, shorting Amazon and being long queues has been a great trade here for the last couple of weeks, um, which is absurd to think about with Amazon being such a big component. But it's all the smaller stuff that's been picking up the slack. And it's the smaller names that this market wants to own. So lots of different strategies. You've always got to be adapting. You've always got to be doing different things. You've always got to be playing around, you know. And sometimes, you know, whatever you're doing is going to be working. But when you get a basket, if you're sitting and you're a trader, here's another rant. You're sitting in here and you're a trader and you've got like one or two strategies and that's the way you make your money. I'm going to tell you your toolbox isn't big enough. I probably have a hundred different strategies that I rotate through. And when I see something happening, I was like, oh, this is what they're doing. And I go grab that tool out of the toolbox, and I use that tool for a little while. You know, I use that strategy. And then, okay, okay, they're pulling this one out, so I'm going to do a different tool. And all that is is screen time and experience. 21 years trading professionally every single day, putting in your six or eight hours a day um, every single day. And you get more experience. You get more tools in your toolbox. So there's a time for being aggressive on the short side. There's a time for being aggressive on the long side. Um, lately, I've been aggressive on the long side where I haven't been trading hedge. I've been sticking with a little bit longer in some of these smaller cap names because it seems like there's a new one every day that just spikes up. So you've always got to be adjusting, doing different strategies. But, you know, if, if you're always just playing, you know, the speculative stuff and it goes up every day, eventually that doesn't happen. So you've got to have more tools in your toolbox. 100 strategies. Um, Vegas wants to know how much Riddle you're on. <laughs> yeah, no, none. Okay. He doesn't employ all. I don't even drink coffee. Like <laughs> no, no caffeine. He doesn't even drink coffee. I know. We should put that out there. No Ritalin. No caffeine. Yeah. No nothing. Yeah. No, you can't be on. I can't go on caffeine. I'd be bouncing off the walls. He wouldn't even hear me talk. I'd be like that micro machine man from years ago. So yeah, no coffee. All right. uh, it's eight fifteen. Let's bring on our first guest, Mark Chaikin, founder of Chaikin Analytics. Uh, speaking of having different strategies and. And putting in screen time, Mark's got decades and decades of decades. experience. Yeah. Mark, good morning. Good morning. No riddle in here. Sorry. No riddle in here. That's good. <laughs> it's a nice scarf, though. I like Probably that scarf. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's pretty cold in Connecticut. It's cold. <laughs> don't, don't bring cold that up everywhere. around Dennis. Don't mention the cold of this morning. Well, what's Dennis? the temperature outside here right now? And this is pro- this was a warmer day. Let me just here go look go. at myself. All right. What is the temperature here in Georgian Bay? We are 16 degrees, 16 degrees. Wow. So that's pretty actually a pretty warm, warm, yeah. warm morning. <laughs> Downway balmy. Yeah, the, the neighbor's out there in a swimsuit. All right. Okay, next. Mark, <laughs> Sorry. Mark, what are you seeing out there right now? Seeing a lot of the small caps moving, large caps not so much? 
Small caps moving, large caps, uh, particularly the mega cap stocks uh, that Dennis was just talking about, are affected by higher interest rates. If you Good continue point. to see higher interest rates, there'll be a PE multiple contraction. That's really all it's about. Amazon's business is going great guns, but uh, and, and this could change overnight. You know, the Fed yesterday sort of hinted that they're not going to let this get too far out of hand. And you do have big inflation numbers, but all things being equal, small caps are where uh, I'm looking for opportunity. Had a yeah. stock that I own um, reported before the opening sleep number. Big, big earnings up 13 percent. Yeah, that's wow. a big report. Yeah, I mean, and this is being repeated over and over and over again. You you see the power gauge ratings pointing you to stocks that are bullish. By the way, that Mercurity Financial bullish rating, unbelievable, uh, off and on over the last nine months, whereas Walmart has a bearish rating. So uh, the fundamentals do steer you in the right direction. Yeah, let me just give those sleep number uh, sleep number numbers for a second because they were very good. The EPS was two dollars and nineteen cents versus a buck forty four estimate. Sales of five sixty eight versus five fifty one million dollars. They they gave guidance for the year. EPS at least six dollars for the year versus a four dollar and forty eight cent estimate. So they blew away the estimates for for EPS for the Q four and their uh, fiscal year guidance. So just a great report for S and B R. It, it is up, like I said. Big time this morning. It's a small cap name, too, and people like the small caps right now. That's what people are gravitating to. That's where they're going. My colleague Dan Russo recommended this at about 90, and Sandy jumped on it. Uh, She owns it. I actually don't own it, but we're all family here in Connecticut. (laughs) Uh, And look at that chart. I mean, this is just amazing. But I I could give you over and over some of the names we've talked about on here. Uh, Turtle Beach, H-E-A-R. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mitch Uh, gave us that, too. Yep. Uh, I mean, look, these are the charts that people are looking for, and these are the kinds of stocks people are looking for. And they're thin and they're underfollowed. That's that's one of the key themes that I uh, think you're seeing, and I know you guys talk about that. The small caps do not have a big analyst following. You get a big earnings report from a sleep number or a turtle beach, you're going to pick up some analyst coverage. And that makes a big difference. And CNBC coverage. I mean, that's where, you know, it's unbelievable the effects that CNBC has on stocks that come on. You know, an analyst will do an upgrade and the stock will go up 3%. They'll pop on CNBC to talk about their upgrade. It'll go up 10% on that segment because then everybody's seeing it. You're getting all those eyes. And there's so many people who are just watching CNBC for the next trade. You know, I'm in there too. I trade the stuff too because you know there's going to be a pop with it. So CNBC influence. I think you're leaving out the uh, the Wall Street bats and the Reddit crowd too, getting on in on these stocks. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're on the CNBC trade. They're on the CNBC trade. That's why the CNBC trade is so influential. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's a whole new dynamic that's entered the market, and uh, you know, it's definitely. I mean, it's it's gone way beyond GameStop and uh, AMC. So that's. Analysts, analysts, you know, I mean, a lot of times they're a fade eventually, you know, when they get these kind of moves. But I, I think that's another factor. Mark, let's just talk about the overall market here. You get uh, I look at things on a closing basis, three closes uh, right right in the same area. What do you think? I mean, is this time for a little pause here or are we just looking at uh, looking at looking at 400, 4000 in S&P? 
Uh, we're probably looking at 4150 to 4350. Uh, I thought it would come by the end of the year. It may come sooner. It's it's a slow melt up. This is the same scenario we've been looking at since pretty much April, May. Too much money with nowhere to go but equities. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've said for a long time that the riskiest trade in the market was the long bond or the, you know, the bond market. And that's sure playing out now. And if you go back three months and see all the money that poured into bond funds for everything from governments to high grade corporates to high yield, it's hurting. And that's not going to get better anytime sooner because the vaccine rollout's going to pick up momentum. A lot of mistakes being made. Look what's going on in Texas. It's tough to turn this market back. It really is. Think about the only thing that's caused a two and a half day decline. It was the madness around GameStop and the whole short covering gaming, the guys who had a cover yeah. and selling the stocks that they were long, like Expedia and some of those other names. Mark, I have a question for you. Chicken Analytics is, is is a really good fundamental research platform, but fundamentals don't really seem to matter at all right now. So how do you square that circle? I would dispute that one, Spencer. Look at Sleep Number. Uh, that's all about fundamentals. <laughs> if Sleep Number had reported a flat quarter or you know negative guidance, that stock would be down 15%. The way we solve the problem is to rely on the power gauge rating to point you in the direction of stocks that are likely to outperform, likely to report positive earnings surprises, and then blend that with relative strength and take in money flow. It's really just three indicators. You don't need a hundred systems. Dennis can handle that. Uh, most <laughs> most <laughs> traders can't. And so we've distilled it down to three indicators. And we've been talking about this for eight years. So it's not like a Johnny come lately strategy. Relative strength has been working since time immemorial, go back to the mid 50s, group strength works, industry group strength works. So this is not a, a complex. Here's the biggest problem that traders have. They don't leave their baggage at the door. And if you don't leave your baggage at the door, you're coming with preconceived notions, you're stubborn. If you leave your baggage at the door, when you open up your computer in the morning, focus on the stocks on the long side with and, and by the way, the short side has been icy, just like it is outside here. You can't make money on the short side consistently in a secular bull market. It's just a losing game to fight the trend. So trend of the market, power gauge to find the right stocks, relative strength to confirm that the market agrees with you, and shaking money flow to tell you whether or not uh, smart money is accumulating. Let's go back to the, probably the biggest disappointment of mine for the last six months, FedEx all the way up as it was making new highs above 300 taking money flow was negative we were actually asked about that on the show why why is taking money flow negative there's a story in there smart money drives the market and by the way with this rally up to 260 in fedex i think it's time to exit the party is it as good as it gets like the walmart's like yeah you, you were in this perfect environment for fedex amazon ups walmart yep. and you look and you just think what's the drive if we come out of the pandemic 
people like Joel is saying, I'm going to be excited to go out to stores again. There is going to be less people. And, and there's still a, an overall, you know, acceleration in people ordering stuff online. But we've had this, like, spike up from COVID. It's going to, you know, plateau and maybe come in a little bit here. So I kind of agree with you, even though I do own FedEx in my long-term portfolio, which I've had for a long time. Um, I kind of agree with you that I think it might be as good as it gets. Yeah, and um, the stock I am most bullish on here, stock I've talked about, I own it. Uh, Sandy owns it. Pinterest. Uh, blowout quarter, when we were on two weeks ago, I think it was 65, rallied up to 88. Yeah. Uh, the numbers are fantastic, and they have great sponsorship. Remember sponsorship, Joel? <laughs> you know, when that actually mattered. So you've got Motley Fool. You've got uh, one of the sort of Twitter monitoring services like Folio. You've got the guy in Chicago, Ofer Gottlieb. They all love this stock. You've got legions of people just looking to buy this on dips and a great business model in my view. I, I actually understand what they're doing. They've linked up to Shopify. So if your wife goes online to get a decorating idea, she can actually transact through Shopify and other online shopping engines right from the Pinterest site. It's, it's, and they're developing sort of virtual experiences. I just like the story. I like the technicals. I like the earnings. Is it richly priced? Yeah, but it, it's a lot better than buying QuantumScape or QuantumScope at $18 billion valuation that hasn't even figured out their business model yet. That's a good point. Yeah eventually the fundamentals are going to matter on those, those smaller names. So it may be better to, to steer towards the ones that already have that figured out. Uh, Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, joins us every other Thursday. Mark, thanks for the time. Stay warm. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. My pleasure. Be well, guys. All right. Thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks, Mark. Dennis, do you, or Angel, do you, uh, do you have any comments on the hearing that we're going to get later today, starting at noon? And public service announcement, Benzinga will be streaming nice. that hearing here, right here on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're not going to stream it the whole time because we realize it's going to be mostly boring. But like like 95% boring, 5% hilarious. And so I, we're going to... I'm gonna, cringing ahead of it. I'm we're going to have somebody... I, I, I won't be able to watch it. We're going to have There's somebody There's going to be watching. so many dumb questions. Right. And that's what we're ready for. So we're going to have somebody watching and we're going to queue it up. And whenever something dumb happens, we're going to play it for you uh, yeah. and talk about it. So, uh, yeah, it's going to uh, be... I am just cringing. Joel, you want to talk about it first before... I'd rather... I'd rather walk barefoot over hot coals and uh or go to the dentist and uh watch that i mean you're gonna get a bunch of house reps they don't know nothing about the market structure plumbing questions that they don't understand and they're gonna probably be a beat on short selling there'll be a couple of people that won't even understand that short selling makes the market more efficient so there'll be some people saying well we'll be betting on stocks going down you know, there's going to be some attacking of probably Melvin Capital for even betting on GameStop going. Yeah, they are. Long. They had to defend their stance. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna bet. Yeah, yeah there's gonna be like literally some some reps that are gonna probably be attacking Melvin Capital for betting on the short side, which is just ridiculous. So I don't know. I cringe ahead of it. Maybe I'm you know maybe it, they're gonna surprise me and I actually ask some relevant questions and get some good information out of there. But I think it's gonna be a big nothing burger. Um, you know, Ken Griffin's testimony, if you read it, really didn't say much at all. He's going to just be sitting back and obviously defending the payment for order flow model. If they start getting into the payment for order flow, that's where it gets interesting, and they will. 
I mean, that's where it's going to go. But if they're just going to be asking a bunch of questions because they don't understand it, and it's it's complicated to understand. I mean, you can get, you know, people, seasoned traders that, you know, don't totally understand the mechanics that are going on behind it. I can summarize payment for order flow for you very quickly in the next 30 seconds. Let's keep it simple. The pros, and this is Petterfee that was talking about this on CNBC yesterday, but yep. he outlined it nicely. The pros are they do draw, have they have driven commissions down. So you could say zero commissions and price improvement. What is price improvement? It's getting a better price than what the offer or the bid is. So when you lift the offer or hit the bid, you get a few sub pennies better. That's what price improvement. That's kind of the pros to payment for order flow. Now the other side, which I have argued for a decade, is that, and this is where it gets a little more complicated, but I'll try to keep it simple, is that when you take all this retail order flow and you push it off the exchange, which is what you know payment for order flow drives the flow off of you know to it drives the flow to citadel to your off exchange market makers when you keep all of that orders off of the exchange because you know you at Robinhood your orders usually if they're, if they're passive limit orders they might but if you're crossing the spread and sending market orders those are going straight to citadel they're not seeing traders like myself so what that does is it discourages market makers who are making markets in the market so so if they're on the offer I'm trying to just you know keep it very very simple so, you know, market makers are providing bids and they're providing offers for you to get out. If they're always getting picked off by high frequency traders and they're never getting any other orders, they're not getting retail orders that are smaller, they need to widen their spreads a little bit to make up for the, the difference. So what happens is it's called the toxicity of the market. That's the, the, the technical jargon behind, you know, that's the bigger word. But the market becomes more toxic. So these market makers got to widen their quotes a little bit. So instead, and this is what you see in the small caps, and this is why the small caps are a mess. You don't see it in mega caps. You don't see it in Bank America. You see it on the small caps. Wide spreads. You'll bring up a stock. Sometimes you see some small cap names got like a 10% spread. You will see that in certain stocks. The reason for that is there's no market makers that want to be providing tight markets because the off-exchange market makers take all the good flow away. So they're not profitable unless they make the spread really, really, really wide. So your spreads on some of these small caps could probably be here if we didn't have payment for order flow and off exchange market making, but instead they're here. So now they got price improvement that's coming in. They're saying, okay, well, here's your spread. We got your price improvement. We got you to here, you know, wait, because wait, you're getting just, a little just, bit better price. But really the spread maybe should have been here. So you would have got this if the markets were more efficient. That's the argument on the other side. So, you know, basically three points, one, pros, price improvement zero commissions cons the spreads are wider and you're paying more because the spreads are wider and if you think about it the 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 the, the off exchange market makers we know they're going to testify one of them today obviously are making money on those orders and they're not making it by you know selling the data or, or figuring it out they're making it on the spread it's all about the spread the major media is not talking about the spread they don't understand it it's all about the spread off a market order comes in to buy, they can sell at the offer. Market order comes in to sell, they can buy at the bid. They can basically jump the queue. That's what it allows you to do. When the orders are routed directly to you, you don't have to post. You don't have to be out there. You can just match the quota, give a few sub pennies better. So it's all about the spread. And that's why they pay for those. Yeah, and I talked about that when Bill was on. I mean, like they're just they're just going boom, 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 boom. You know, they're like in and out, in and out, penny here, penny here, two penny here. They're not yeah. holding GameStop for eighty five dollars or you know. They're, they're, Citadel made a killing on GameStop. 
You saw the flow. It's going back and forth. They're pinging between they the don't have to do anything. Sometimes the spread was two bucks. Boom, I sold. Boom, boom I bought. Boom, 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 I sold. Boom, I bought. Making that spread boom. all day long. They made a killing on GameStop. So they didn't shut GameStop down. They made a killing on it. They would have loved it to keep going. There's no doubt that they would have made a killing. A market maker getting flow like that going back and forth. It's evenly matched. It's a dream. So in all likelihood, you know, I don't have Citadel's book, but I would say in all likelihood, they did very, very well in the GameStop situation. So that's why Citadel didn't call up Robin Hood to say shut her down. They probably were pissed <laughs> off that they shut her down because they were probably making some money. So anyways, you think you're hurting the hedge funds? You helped Citadel with the GameStop story. I will tell you that much. Right. And maybe you know, affirm my virtue, which is the way to trade this, which hasn't really gone anywhere. It doesn't move. I don't know. It doesn't it move. Just, They're concerned. But, but think, there's, there's two concerns for owning virtue, and I sold my virtue financial for this reason. I've owned it for a long time. Uh, two major concerns. One, payment for order flow goes under attack or goes away. That hurts their business, so mm -hmm. that would hurt. But the other one is the financial transaction tax, which is the boogeyman in the room. And this is going to come. We're going to bring Bill Hartz on to talk about this maybe next week. Um, but I've talked about it too. A financial transaction tax that they, if they didn't give a market maker exemption, would destroy the retail brokerage industry and would really hurt the off-exchange market makers, hurt obviously, the as well. It would really hurt everything. So those are the two boogeymans in the room. Now, Virtue, Citadel, get a market maker exemption, which I think they would, they, they, then that would actually benefit them significantly. And if you know if they all of a sudden get a market maker exemption, I'll be getting long Virtue Financial. So that's the wild card. Two things, payment for order flow and the financial transaction tax. Virtue Financial, great company. Obviously, off-exchange market maker, firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, they, they, their quarters have been excellent. I'd love to own the stock, but I just don't know where regulation's going right now. So I'm just laying off here for a bit, but I'm still on my watch yeah. list to rebuy it. Yeah, 20. I mean, this has been a, in a trading range, and it's kind of trying to extend the upper end of the trading range. I'd keep an eye on this $29 area, a couple of highs right in a row. So you break above 29, you know, you got even got more work to do at the high of the move. And what's that, 29, 28. So it's trying, but uh, kind of top of the trying to pierce the top of the trading range. So you know what happens there. If it doesn't get through the top of the trading range, Maybe headed back to the lower 20s. Also, I just want to clarify some confusion. There's, there's two Citadels, right? There are Citadel Securities, the, yes. market, there's the market maker. That's who Dennis is talking about. Yeah, and the hedge That's fund. not Citadel, the hedge fund. It's confusing. There's, they have the same name. Their market maker business kills it. I mean, <laughs> right. just right. rocks and rolls. It's got you know all this captured flow that it can profit from. It's a really kick-ass business. Right. So, but they're, uh, but they're I mean, two different businesses. That, that's, yeah. Let's clarify that. Well, when there's, you get that big and you're without much money, you get into everything. Right. <laughs> Citadel is like the, the Amazon of the financial markets. I mean, they're <laughs> into everything. Why would you not be? They don't Ken like the Griffin's job. a genius. There's no doubt he's a genius. You know, Ken, if you're listening to the show, we love you. Um, I don't totally I mean, agree with how everything I, I, is set I, up, but I, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't say we him. Uh, let's stop there. I wouldn't say Can we, we get him on the show? Well, we don't love him. I wouldn't say we <laughs> I, love him. Let, we let's, don't love let's, Ken let's draw Okay, we don't love you. Draw the line somewhere. <laughs> we don't like you, Ken Griffin. Jesus. <laughs> you're up there hiding in, uh, in the tundra, you know? And we don't like you. <laughs> All right, great, Dennis. Um, I, I just outlined the whole thing. You know what? It is what it is. He's going about everything legally. I would like to see... Some regulation, 
not maybe necessarily just you know more on off exchange market making on the way it's done because i think i would like the spreads tighter so i would like to see regulation there but it's a good argument on the other side because you guys want your free commissions well you, you can't get it all so i mean that's where you go We've had Brad uh, Kasiyama on the show before. I think have so. We Bra- yeah, yeah, yeah. We had him on years ago, and and but not just Brad. We had like the the number two at at IEX on a few years ago. Uh, All those guys are great. I love the IEX guys. I can I clearly say I love you, IEX. <laughs> yeah. We're looking here, Dennis. We got some solid balances. You nailed that yesterday when you, there were solid balances across yeah. the board, and I like. I flipped my head, and we were down yeah. seven, eight handles. We're down here, bearing down on the pre-market low, 0450. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was the jobless numbers that uh, they came yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, they were. it was higher than expected. 861,000 people filed for unemployment last week versus a uh, 765,000 estimate that was so hot the prior week. So it's not going away. We're still in a freaking economic crisis here. Uh, but- I just – Man, I just like I know Mark's looking for like forty one hundred or forty two hundred and stuff, but man, these big boys got to turn it around. I'm looking at the Apple down a buck eighty six. That's down sixteen points since its earnings. Microsoft made a new all time high the other day, but it was no higher than it was after its earnings report. Amazon punished off that good report. I'm looking at uh, I mean, there's just right across the board here. I yeah. I don't know. I still think we need the big boys. I think we need the big boys to get us back up here. I don't think these. I think this froth is is going to come off, and until we get this rotation back into the big stocks, I'm I'm a little bit. I don't want to say worried, but we're, I've been worried about it. Right. I've talked about being worried yeah. about the rotation out of the mega caps because you know what? The mega caps really started to puke. This market really get hammered because it's still no loaded matter with what. Them. Yep, it's still loaded with them. So you do have to be somewhat careful just, you know, randomly coming in here and buying the dip on Amazon and buying the dip on a lot of these stocks. Because right now, I don't know when that and, – and, and, and you look at the scenario and you just think, okay, well, what if the pin pops and the small caps, they start selling off everything? So I don't know how this plays out. It's a very interesting dynamic. Uh, we're going – do we, we get have, something else going on? Because we're like – we're just – someone's just leaning on this thing. Do we get something else? Uh, any news yeah, here? There, there was a bunch of A30 figures here, but nothing – They don't that, like them. I mean, they're just – I mean, they're, I think. they're just locking this thing – I mean, they're, I think. they're just locking this thing down here. Yesterday's low is coming into play here at 96.50. Friday's low at 90.50. Someone is just saying – Get me out here, and so I mean, I just saw like a a two three point print there. So wait a minute, what... wait a minute, but but also look at GME spiking. They were the GME indicator game stop is back. All right, let me bring on our guest here, Buck Andrews, the co-founder of Inform. Uh, chat, you want to talk to Buck because unlike Joel and Dennis and, and myself for that matter, Buck has been getting down and dirty in these crypto stocks. These tickers like SOS. And Mara and Riot, Buck, is that that's right, right? You've been getting down nerdy here. Yeah, well, when we talked about it uh, last week, I said they're trading stocks, right? I said you you put them on, you take your take your profits, wait for them to come back, consolidate, put them back on. And actually, from the time that we spoke about them, some of those stocks had two and three hundred percent moves over the week, and uh, they topped out yesterday. Uh, obviously, I mean, that was a good time to take some profits, but um, they've had big moves. I mean, look at uh, we talked about Mara and Riot on our first show. 
look where, look where Riot has gone from where we talked about it at 17 bucks. Yeah. You know, up to 83 yesterday from 17. So yeah, I mean, and interestingly, while the S&P is selling off here, these things are not. They they were off earlier. I mean, they're off on the day, but they're not selling off with the S&P. They're not following the market at all. Well, they follow Bitcoin. We know that. So Yeah, they they're following Bitcoin. Yeah. So, so Buck, you have been actively trading these. You, you, you mentioned the fact that yesterday would have been a good day to take some off the table. How, how are you approaching this now? Are you still long? Are you buying dips? What are you doing? Yeah, so um, I, what I'm doing, I, a couple of strategies here. When when these these things, that, for instance, the miners are, um, it's a capital intensive business, so they've been having a lot of offerings, right? So when I see the offerings come up, what I try to do is I try to buy like uh, right above the offering price. Um, and SOS, for instance, came off, um, and you had an opportunity to buy that above the offering price, and it was up forty percent the next day, and that was about seven bucks, and then it ran up to fifteen, so it doubled from the time it did the offering a few days ago. Um, the same thing with uh, when you looked at Mara that had an offering. So I want I watch the offerings as an opportunity to get in, and then you know I have a few of them. I have about four or five of them that I have positions in, but I you know I spread it out so I'm not like heavily concentrated in any one. And then when they and they do tend to move together though, so when they when they move, you know I'll take uh, take some profits and uh, wait for them to come back, and then consolidate and put them back on again. Just want to point out uh, here. I'm, I'm going to zoom in, make it easier for y'all to see. But these are, these are trading. St- I mean, they're traders. Yeah. Uh, so, Buck's platform. <laughs> Buck has been tracking all these "quote unquote" Bitcoin stocks, and some some of these are are newer names and others, right? Like y'all know, PayPal and Square and MSTR and Nvidia and GBTC, of course. But SOS is a newer name uh, for crypto. CAN is a newer name. Uh, WBAI had a press release like two days ago, right? So Buck's been tracking this uh, on his platform uh, so you can see it r- right there uh, and kind of keep it. And I assume you're adding to this list as, as newer companies um, attach themselves and start moving with Bitcoin. Um, so th- these are trading vehicles. You said that now. What does that mean? Does that mean you're, 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 you're tra- buying this thing with like a, a one or two day or an, even an intraday time horizon or what no um it, it it doesn't at all because uh you know i keep a half position um okay the, the question is going to be whether these continue to go up with the price of bitcoin and whether they're long-term investments i mean you have uh i mean do you believe that cryptocurrency is here it's the beginning of the cryptocurrency like the beginning of the internet which is what mark cuban said the other day and you know do we have 10 years on these things so that's yet to be seen, um, you know. So, but if if they are long term positions and continue going up with, you know, with Bitcoin, then, you know, I think um, you saw uh, Ark um, yesterday and the day before they came out with the note saying Ark Investments saying that they think that potentially Bitcoin could go to what uh, thirty five three hundred fifty thousand and or five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand is that what they said? Jeez! All right. Yeah, they said that they uh, they said that potentially that it could go to three hundred fifty. It's a it's a finite instrument, you know, a commodity. So it. Um, and then I saw another report saying that they think by by two thousand thirty four it could go to a million. 
So, oh, man. you can't question. going to be in, in 13 years from now, right? Now, if that happens, yeah. the question is, where do these stocks go in the next 15 years? Yeah, you can't question Kathy Wood, I guess, right now. Uh, what else are you watching besides these Bitcoin stocks? And, you know, we had Twilio yeah. last night. We didn't get to that yeah, yet. Yeah, Tw- but- Twilio, if you go to our growth, growth watch list there, um, you can also see that Twilio is at the top of the growth, growth watch list. So we also put out a growth watch list to follow stocks we there like is. that are growing stocks and Twilio. So th- these are stocks that you that you personally like? These are stocks that I personally like um, okay. that are on the growth list, my growth list. So these are so stocks, 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 stocks that you would like for, buy on dips, for example? Yes, I would. Okay. Yeah. That, that have, you know, they have very solid businesses that should continue to grow for the next three to five years. Stocks valuation would... doesn't concern you on any of this stuff, or you just don't care? This market doesn't care about valuation, so you don't care either? What that kind of, I mean, I've, I've kind of gone that way myself, Buck. I've well, kind of gone that way myself with all of my newer trades. And uh, I mean, uh, the market doesn't care about valuation, so I don't look at it either. I mean, is that what, you know, this no, market... No, no, I, I, I... <laughs> Of course, you know, if we get a, a, a correction here, these stocks are going to suffer. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. if you had them for five years or three years, you know, you, you will probably do well on them. So eventually, so you you know, regardless. even valuation, a, a, a rapidly growing stock will grow into its valuation. Some will, yes. Some. Yeah. If you pick but the right these ones. <laughs> are ones that I think will, right? Yeah. So, so, so stock like Twilio, for example, would you like chase that up this morning? Because it's up. No, forty bucks, sixty dollars. No, 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 no. no? no. okay. I, I would not chase it, chase it up. I'd wait a few days and see if it comes down to bases. And, yeah, and then and it's getting you know it's getting harder and harder to find stocks that are making new highs, right? That are you know just consistently. I mean, picking stocks right now it's getting a little bit difficult. Yeah, it's uh, everything's gone. They're, everything's they're, run. They're <laughs> up one day and then the next day they're down. <laughs> I mean. It's become a you have to chase after a certain point. I know Dennis hates chasing, but at a certain it's been point, paying to chase. You're right. Yeah. It, this is the environment that actually chasing has worked. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just Momentum. Momentum. <laughs> yeah, and then Buck, you're still you're still long your your Kathy Wood ETFs, all of them. Yeah, I am long them. Um, definitely long those. Is there any one of, you like the better than other ones, Buck? Like, because there's like five or six of them. The Kathy Wood ETS. Which one do you like the best? Well, you know, I like I like the Arc W. That's her primary. The I, big I, one, that's, so. that's the one that that's the one that I own. That's Arc the main w. one. Yeah. Now the yeah, main the, one. The, the main one is ARKK, I think. But uh, ARKK. Yeah, a, no, ARKK is a blend between the Arc Arc G, so it's got some genomics in it, yeah. and the Arc W. So it's kind of a blend. Um, but I I use that Arc K for. For uh, hedging my position, like, okay. you know, the Arc W and the Arc G and the Arc Q. So when I want to hedge, I'll go short the Arc K. That's not allowed after tomorrow. Or 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 if they if we if we've come back a bit and I want to I want to you know put on some uh, margin, I will go into the Arc K and I'll trade around that one and keep the other ones. So that I don't. I've I have an Arc pitch. A R K R. Do you, know, do you know that one? No, Arc Restaurant. It's Arc Restaurant. Is that really Kathy Arca? That's something else. <laughs> no, it's a it, it's a restaurant company. 
Oh, yeah. that's Ka- is that Kathy well, Wood's restaurant? No, yes, no. <laughs> you get me all screwed up. I was like, "Whoa, this is under the Don't say that. They're gonna start buying it. It was a joke. It was a what, joke. Dennis's finger. I can see Dennis's finger going like right for the keyboard on that. Just to lift the offers, Spencer. You gotta be careful. Our restaurants. Did, yeah. did you guys see Kathy's interview yesterday? Uh, no, no. All right. She was on. She did an interview, and what's interesting about her is. She trades these. Um, she was talking about her strategy for you know corrections, and says when everybody she's kind of like um, uh, Buffett. She says when everybody else is selling, that's when she wants to be buying. And so what she does is she says as a, a bull market uh, and a, a, you know and a, and a move um, continues, they will like put more and more stock out. They'll own more and more stock. So she said like the her primary fund might own. 55 positions at the top of the market. And she says, what happens is when the, when the market goes down, they sell out a lot of those losers and they take losses on them for tax purposes. And then they concentrate into the stocks they want. So they'll go, they'll go from like 55 positions into like 30, 30 positions, taking losses with the stocks they put on at the end of the move and then concentrating heavily in stocks that they really like. And so, she actually has a long strategy that plays you know, these upturns and downturns pretty well. Let's see. She was buying uh, Signify Health yesterday, SGFY. She was buying Exact Sciences. She was buying CMLF. She was buying uh, AbbVie. Uh, those are her biggest buys yesterday. She bought some uh, Tesla yesterday, too. Uh, she hadn't bought Tesla very, for a while. Yeah, like 90,000 shares. Very yeah, small, she, no. but she hadn't bought Tesla for a while, so that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's come she, off she, yeah, she she she, back in a Tesla. Do you know why she said she's buying Tesla? No, why? She said she's buying Tesla because she doesn't think that people have um, have the, the ride service business that they can potentially get into, that they're going to get into. Yeah. She doesn't yeah, think that's been talked about. Yeah. been priced into the stock yet. Okay. That's this is uh, I looked at this one last night. I mean, this is if you're if you're trading range inclined, you know, this is it. This is uh, this is what you're looking at. Seven eighty, and actually, it's trading down eighteen bucks today here. So, let's see. It's it's, it's this if it's going to hold, it's going to hold in this area. If not, man, you got some work to do on the downside. I, I don't know where, but we'll see what happens. Seven eighty. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, Buck, anything about uh, you know the metals here? Uh, silver and gold no longer being correlated. Any any thoughts yeah. on the metals? No, you're not. I'm all in the current cryptos these days. And yeah, not, no not one. Metals, that's but, that's but why. I, yeah, I agree. I I will say this: there, the you have seen a continuation of the bonds to the downside. Pretty good continuation. They broke through uh, the lows last week once we talked, you know, and have moved, continue moving down. So that's that's uh, starting to get a little bit concerning. All right, Buck Andrews is the co-founder of Inform. There is the link up on the screen for you to check it out. Inform.info. Buck, thanks a lot for the time. Thanks, Buck. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, I have a confession to make, guys. Uh, yesterday, uh, one Luke Jacoby approached my desk at like four. 30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, Spencer, wouldn't it be funny if we bought GameStop right now? And I said, it would be funny. You're right. So we did buy GameStop. Uh, GameStop. So so I never owned GameStop in my life. um, But I went in my Webull account, which only has like 
like hundreds of dollars in it, right? Nothing. <laughs> like nothing yeah. Hundreds of dollars. Sorry, Dennis. I, 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 I'm the reason that I'm the reason that Dennis eats actually in the after hour session because he was probably taking me <laughs> off. Uh, but uh, yeah, went in my WeWill account and bought some share <laughs> as many shares as I could afford in my my freaking WeWill account. Um, so I'm long heading into the hearing. Um, That's a good call, actually. Thank you, Luke. Dennis says it was a good call. I thought about you can't it. Can't hear me. I wish you would have told me that yesterday. I actually thought about it yesterday, last night. I was like, they jacked this on the hearing. I thought this. I thought this last night just to myself. I didn't say it to anybody, but I just thought Wait, it. Wait, uh, Luke says that he did mention to me that we should ask Dennis if this is a good idea, and I said we should. Luke, you should have said I would have said yes, and I we, did we it shouldn't with you. do that. We shouldn't do that. Is what I, I would have did it with you. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it could. It could jack it on. I don't. Have, I don't have a position on it. They could. Yeah. It's possible. There's, you know, like, we don't know. But sometimes, you know, it's going to get a lot talked about. Doesn't get it, you know, the market's excited again about it. Not that it's going to go back to 70 or 80, but does it get jacked up to 50 or 55? It's possible. Perhaps. So, Perhaps. you know, that, there, there's often a trade. And the trade ahead of it is sometimes the call, too. So, I mean, you're already up a buck 30 in it, so it's a nice trade. So. All right. Uh, I want to do some questions from our chat. We mentioned this on Tuesday, but the Palantir lockup expiration is today so insiders can sell yeah. the wow. remaining shares that they were not allowed to sell uh on the direct listing ipo uh last year so insiders are now free to sell uh whatever they want to sell um, we told you this thing was going to 25 yeah that's everyone got did. all excited because kathy bought some i mean you know, i bought and sold it on the kathy so there was money to be made there yeah you buy you it and quick. you sell it to the kathy pop yeah but. uh Think, weird things happen on these kind of days, right? Sometimes you just get that blast low, and then nope, no one's really selling, and then it turns around. So you're coming into this area, uh, and today's actual lockup day. So I think um, did it DraftKings? Didn't it add, You know, everyone was pounding it into the to the lockup expiration, and Sometimes it turned they around turn before. Yeah. Yeah, There's I'd... just so much overhead supply and so many bag holders here now. It mm -hmm. makes me – somebody's asking, is this like Rocket? Um, it's it's building so much overhead supply. And if you look at this chart, you know, just from the last month and a half, it actually looks just like the Rocket chart to a certain extent. You're sitting here on major support on Rocket, 19 to 20. You're coming into major support on Palantir around this $25 area. Does it hang out here? Does it bounce here? Yeah, it could, but it's just like the bounces are going to be trouble. I mean, even when Kathy bought one and a half million shares, they immediately, you know, that morning it got the little lift and then they sold it. So, you know, Goldman even upgraded yesterday and they sold into that too. There's Ooh. so many people who are stuck in this now and so many people who are on the wrong side of the trade. It makes it tougher for it to bounce back. So actually, path of least resistance for this thing is probably still lower. So I'm not long Palantir. I actually bought it last night ahead of the arc. I bought it last night because, you know, the email is going to come up like 6.30, 6.40. I was like, well, she might have bought it again and maybe it gets a pop. And um, the email came out like 6.35 and I was like, oh, it's not in there. I sold it immediately like 20, <laughs> 26.90 or something. I should have went short. I should have went short. I wasn't thinking. I should have turned around and went short last night at 26.90 when she didn't buy How it. How often do you do that? Like reverse it, it, like Not enough. Yeah, you know, you think, oh, I'm on the do. wrong side. I'm on the wrong side of this. And you immediately hit the bid because you know you're on the wrong side of it. And if you're really on the wrong side of it, we'll turn around and hit the bid twice. You know, it goes short. Well, you too. can't though, right? With uh, it depends on the uh, the tech and the ten percent. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. If it's ten percent, if it's traded, you can't hit the bid to get short. You got to get lifted, but you get lifted on Palantir. I mean, the thing's 
crazy. Pretty, yeah, I bet. Oh, it's, so it's trading 33 million shares already this morning, Joel. This thing is crazy trading. Wow. But if you're buying it at 25 and just think, oh, it's going to be back at 35 next week, I think you're wrong. I think it's got work to do. I would wait until it stops going down, consolidate, like you say, Joel, base, and learning this from you, you know, and start to actually go up. Get the momentum on your side because right now the momentum is completely against you. Could it bounce off the 25 level? Yeah, it's a big level. It could, but you got a lot of, you know, you got that, you know, obviously the lockup. What's Kathy do tonight? Does she come back in and buy more? That could help it a bit. But again, that buy got faded too. And I mean, Kathy's having a rough day because I'm looking at all of her trades from, la or from last night. And usually they're up. And, you know, overall market's obviously getting hit too. But I mean, you know, she bought more Tesla and that's getting slammed way more in the market. She bought more Shopify. Shopify's getting hammered. It's down another 40. Um, you know, obviously it's a risk off day. Uh, but she's not, you know, popping the stocks like she has been, you know. So, anyways. I, say, she, I mean, it's it's her programs, you know. I mean, like, she can't be sitting there making, you know, every, okay, look at this chart. Oh, look at this. Look, I mean, you know, she just, she has the algo. I mean, the program that's run. I mean. I mean, she, well, I don't know. She, I, she, 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 I don't like, know. She, she I don't know. Team of doing. people. Got a whole I don't know people. if they're doing. You know, are, really? are they running algorithms to get into their in other positions? Well, a lot of the big hedge funds are. They should probably they have yes. to. I mean, she, she, she's, don't she's, have basically to. A, she's basically a hedge fund, right? Yeah, but look, you think you have to on seventeen trades? How many trades does she make? I mean, yeah, there's individual trades. She's building positions in these. So Correct. there's a lot of trades within these. But I mean, thirty-two, you know, thirty-two different stocks trading yesterday. I mean. You could totally do that, man. I mean, you can't argue the you performance could. If you had of a team funds. of traders, a few traders, you totally could. I'm sure she's using algorithms, but I'm just saying, you know, when you look at Citadel, and they would have traded almost every single stock on the exchanges yesterday, like this is not a trading company. ARK is not a trading company. This is, a, this is light trading. I mean, 32 yeah, stocks. I trade more than 32 I, stocks in a day. So, and I do, it, I do a lot of it manually. So, you know, you totally could you know, get away with not having algorithms there. I'm just assuming she does because everybody does. She don't need them. Not at that volume. Uh, yeah. Just back. I mean, that we're coming into this area. You don't, you know, you come into this area here. I mean, you had this many lows. I know Kenny talked about just under 24. I mean, this is a really interesting area. If you're looking to buy it back on strength, uh, I'm pretty close here on this 50% retracement. That's back up at like 28.50 area. So if you wanted like it to prove itself and get above that, you know, that retracement, then that's what you're looking at in PLTR. Uh, two minutes to go, Spencer. S&P's got down to 98.75. That's not quite yesterday's low at 96.50. Trying to bounce. Uh, not doing a great job of it, though. Let's cover a buy deer real fast. They had earnings yesterday afternoon. Uh, stock is uh, down this morning. Excuse me. It's been up a, a lot. It's been running hard into this report. Yeah. Uh, EPS beat. Uh, sales missed. And they gave some Q1 sales guidance. Sales missed. The stock's up 150 points in a month and a half. And the sales missed? I mean, they barely, it was barely missed. It was basically in line. All right. I'll call it in line. And then the, uh, they gave some Q1 sales guidance that was higher than the estimate. Ah, this stock is loved. You know, this turned around and started getting loved when they started talking about EV. I know. Did we get any more information on you know their plans here? I mean, that was really that was what it was, right? The EV rally in Baidu, was it not? Yeah, they said like a hundred bucks. They said something about that what, last week. That's what really well, kickstarted this thing. 
So I mean, you need it, more it was, information on what's going on. They're going to provide. They're going to provide ships, right? That's what it was. Yeah, they're provide ships for these EVs. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's still loved stock. It'll find some love somewhere, but it's a risk off day, so I let the dust settle on a few of these stocks. Wow, that thing was a hundred bucks for the longest time. Look at that. Forever, it was hated, and then they started oh, talking about man. EV chips, and then that blast off. That was a story. If Walmart turned around and started talking about EV chips, they'd probably blast the stock off. So they want a story. Buy what is Walmart? Story. Let's check out Walmart. Let's see what it's doing. Still is leaking. It doing anything? Still leaking. Yeah, still leaking. They need to yeah. get. The, they need to start accepting Bitcoin at Walmart. It's gonna drag the whole. It's gonna drag the whole Dow down this morning. There That's it is. A good point. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, why doesn't Walmart just come out and say we accept Bitcoin? Oh my God, yeah. that's a great idea. How I are tell they... you, I should be in there. I we get that stock back up. Yeah. We're taking on Bitcoin. We bought Bitcoin and we're accepting it as well. <laughs> yeah, and we took a big position. All of our cash, we all the money we made last quarter, we bought Bitcoin with it. Like Walmart, oh. the Bitcoin trade. Bye, bye, bye. That was what they do. Stupid. <laughs> we're <market>. raking it in. <laughs> we're raking it in, man. That's what what movie is that from? Uh, no, you know what movie? No, that's not a movie. That's, that's not, NAT. That, that's from the guy on CNBC. That, that, yeah. that's, that's oh Dennis's, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that's yeah, Dennis's yeah, favorite that. interview of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure: I'm actually long some of that stock. I have to say that. Oh, all right. Jeez. Just for uh, fun. Where? No, that was like oh, that was nothing for fun. That, that was like a year ago, right? That, yeah. yeah, that CEO from yeah. Nordic Americans, yeah, Kramer. And he right. was like bragging so Back much about his company because that was when oil went negative. That yeah. was when oil went negative. Right. And he's got the tankers. We want, me and Chase Razzik wanted to drain our swimming pools, put oil in there, yeah. take advantage of the negative oil prices. He got the tankers. He's yeah. like, that day, we're naked it in, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the top. <laughs> yeah. That was the top. <laughs> you can see. You when can your CEO see. comes on, Kramer and says we're raking it in. It's time to sell. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. All right, all right. That'll be a wrap for us today. I want to remind you that today's show is sponsored by Inform. To learn more, go to inform.info. That's i n four m dot info. Thanks to our guests today, both of them, Buck and Mark. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Hit that like button if you have not already. Hit that like button. Hit subscribe to get notified when we go live. Hit share. I just you. Thank you very much, Dennis. We appreciate. Your service, as usual. I uh, want to promote our upcoming boot camp this Saturday. Options and SPACs, a full day of education on that. You can go to BenzingaBootCamp.com to learn more. Um, this podcast, or this show is available as a podcast, excuse me. If you are watching or listening via podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.